Hello, and welcome to the Fan Fiction Book Club podcast, a weekly podcast that explores the good, the bad, and the cringy of fan fiction. Hosted by me, SG, and my lovely co-host, Poppy. Hi. Ollie. Hey. And T-Stan. Hello. Every month, we scour the internet to bring you four different fanfic reads, and our theme this month is Phantom of the Opera. Check out our website at fanfictionbookclub.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at fanfictionautos for the full lineup of stories for the month and to connect with us on the web. So, we have more uh, Fan with the Opera to read, and the title of this story is The Creation of the Violin. And it is by Mertens, M-E-R-T-E-N-S. I think I said that right. And this story is on Archive of Our Own because I can't stand going anywhere else. So um, I went through a couple stories before I chose this one. The first one I found, and I think I talked to you guys about it a little bit. It was it was Fan of the Opera, but it had Amy from Doctor Who is Christine in it. Oh, and you she, did not talk to us. Oh, I didn't talk to you guys about no. it? No. Yeah, so there were like, I went through a bunch of stories. I think there were, I started with seven, whittled it down to three, and of those three, there was one that was like, Amy from Doctor Who was the Christine character, but she was like very strong and very independent and very much like a woman who knew what she wanted and could take care of herself and handle herself. Not like Christine was in the play. <laughs> <laughs> Which I really appreciated because I feel like that type of personality better matches the Phantom as an equal than Christine did. So I could like almost believe in that romance between Amy and him. But the person who wrote it said it was a completed fic. It was not a completed fic. There was probably another quarter of the story that oh, needed boo. to be written. And they literally said, sorry, guys, I don't have the time to finish it, but I'm just going to make this complete. Which I think is like one of the highest crimes you can do in the fan fiction world. <laughs> yeah, so at the I'm, very yeah. least, at the very <laughs> least, if you're gonna do that, y'all, I understand. Abandoned fix happen. I totally understand, but you need to put, put the abandoned the description. fix like tag a disclaimer and a disclaimer in the description. That's the proper exactly. way to do it, folks. Put yes. it in the description of the main yeah. entry into the so then the archive. people are scrolling, they see it. There's also an abandoned fix tag on archive of our own that you can there put you on go. your fix yeah. as well. Mm. So do the right thing. PSA <laughs> to all fanfic writers, do the right thing. So I pre-read that, found that out, was extremely disappointed. And then the other fic I found, which I know I told you guys about this one, it was a Severus Snape from Harry Potter mm-hmm. fanfic where he tries to get a time turner to go back into the past yeah. and um, break up uh, Harry Potter's dad and Lily. <laughs> What's Harry Potter's dad's name again? James. James. To break up James and Lily. Because yeah. if anyone who knows the Harry Potter series, Poppy, um, would know that Lily and Snape <laughs> were like besties. Bestie and then uh, she became like James's girlfriend and then they like drifted after that. And so instead of going to the past to break them up, he ends up going back into, what is it, like the 1860s or so? I think so. Somewhere around there. Or somewhere around there in France and then the phantom kidnaps him and like tries to make him do a potion to make his face look nice so he can get with Christine and that was a really silly story but it was only like 10,000 words 
You should have chosen that story. Well, all, all of the people, all of the people on the internet, I will link it in the description of our podcast. So you guys can go read it. It was very fun. But then I found this story, which I thought was absolutely adorable. The um, creation of the violin, because I love me a good fairy tale. And I think this fairy tale was really well done. Um, so I already told you the title. And then uh, the summary for this story, The Creation of the Violin by Mertens. And the summary is Eric, a Romani traveler and skilled musician, hears tales of the fabled king, ugh, of the fabled beauty of a king's daughter. The king is offering the hand of his daughter in marriage to the man who can impress him with his talents. Eric sets out to see if this princess really is as beautiful as they say, and he ends up falling in love with her. He's determined to win her hand. There's only one hitch in his plan. The king has outlawed music. And then um, some additional notes from the author. This was written for at a part of the narrative's Once Upon Another Time Challenge. The idea was to take a fairy tale and adapt it with Phantom of the Opera themes. I chose the Transylvanian Romani folktale that details how the violin was created. Obviously, it's been changed a lot, just like how the plot of Phantom of the Opera has been changed, too. This is probably my furthest removed from the canon fic, and that's coming from someone who wrote Eric as a literal rat and Christine as a literal mouse. For those curious, the forint is the currency of Hungary, and a varda is the wagon that the Roma people used to live in. You can see more amazing ones on Google. Yeah, so that's pretty much the story. A couple more stats. It's rated teen. Um, romance category, male, female, um, fan of the opera is the fandom. The relationship is, um, Christine and Eric. Um, the main characters are also Christine and Eric. Additional tags, once upon another time, Romani folktale retelling, magic, alternate universe, fairy tales, racism, language is English. And it was completed in, uh, March of 2020. And there are a little over 22,000 words and eight chapters. So it's a little bit on the longer side, but it's well within what we read. And oh. can I just point out that it's not tagged as racism, but it's a content warning that there is racism. Oh! Yeah, that's, that's what the what CW, CW is. is. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's CW not like racism. Content racism, warning. Like... <laughs> <laughs> not like cw the the tv the channel, channel. <laughs> they, got a part, they got a sponsorship by the cw um i would racism, but it's like it's racism but it's like only in cw terms yeah <laughs> no they're pro-racism <laughs> <laughs> i would i would just like to add yeah um i love that they're using roma and romani instead of gypsy which is something yes. i see all, all the, time. the time people oh, yeah. don't use gypsy in your fix no. I feel bad even saying it out loud, but I'm doing this educationally. So. Yes. I, I appreciated Money. that this author seemed very um, mature in their presentation of racist themes um, yeah. that are apparent in this story. And they, they showed it respectfully, or, or they presented it respectfully um, to those cultures, but it's unfortunately something that happened. It's something that still happens. There's mm -hmm. still racism in the world and a lot of people who have to deal with it. Are there any other comments before I get into the, the meat that is this plot? <laughs> um, yeah, just one. 
So Christine with a K. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I couldn't I couldn't see any point in the story in which that was explained. There is no point. That was just the author's choice. <laughs> just to aye, aye, Captain. Okay. It's a K. Like, was the, like, letter C not in that time period? Like, Or maybe because it said no, hungry? No, that's the first word. The first word is a name that starts with a C. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, so they have C's. Oh. No reason. They just, no. they just chose yeah. to do it that way, which is funny because the I tag is funny. actual Christine with a C-H. Yeah, it's fine. It's not like it didn't take me out of the story immediately, but I did notice it. I was like, why? It destroyed Tristan. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe there's a lore reason. I just didn't see it. Are there anything else before we just kind of recap the story? No. Okay. Yeah, get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. I have so many notes. They just go on for days. But um, we'll start at the beginning of this fic in chapter one. So in the first chapter, there's a Romani woman who cannot have children of her own, and she wants to have a baby. And um, one day there's an old woman who needs help, and no one stops to help her. And uh, this woman who can't have a child does stop to help her. And it turns out that that old woman was like a witch or a, a creature of magic, I guess we'll say. And um, she told this woman a spell that she could do, and she gave her this vial. And she said, go find a pumpkin at the market and set it outside of your door and pour this vial over it. And then the next day you'll be with child. And so this uh, woman is like, oh, thank you so much. And she follows the, uh, the, old, the old lady's suggestion. She goes to the market. Um, But she's a Romani woman, and this is a village that's very anti-Romani, anti-foreigners. And so the stallkeeper where she could buy a pumpkin wouldn't sell her a pumpkin. Um, He gave her this crazy inflated price for it, and um, she didn't have the money to afford that. And so he said, for your money, you can get this gourd. And it was just like this little mangled gourd that was rotting and everything. And... um, She didn't want to lose her chance to have a child, so she took the rotting gourd, brought it home, set it outside her door, said the little prayer thing, poured the vial on it, and then went to bed that night. And there were some people that ransacked her front porch area and knocked her gourd over and smashed it. And so, like, this, the the spell in creating this child, like, everything wrong that could go wrong did go wrong but um the next couple of weeks the woman wakes up she's with a child and she's going to have this baby and then you go into chapter two in chapter two the baby is born and the baby is born disfigured um and so the family has to have the child wear a mask so that people don't try and cause problems with the child um the other romani kids in the camp are kind of weirded out by him because he has to wear a mask. One day they uh, go into the, is, is it like just like a European village type okay. thing? Yeah, yeah. Just, just just like a European village. Um, and uh, there were some village kids 
who ripped off his mask and then they saw how disfigured he was and they were like freaked out. And the kid himself, who is Eric. <laughs> by the way. Who, who, by the way, who's Eric who becomes the Phantom. <laughs> the, the, um, the kid himself, he he doesn't like necessarily realize how grotesque he is to other people. And um, this bullying from these children exposed that to him. And um, then some adults saw him as well. And um, the adults are like, oh my goodness, the Romani people are... They're savages. They, like, steal people's children and disfigure them. And so these rumors start going around. And then um, little baby Eric, he goes back to his parents and he's like, what's wrong with me? And they're like, well, you just look a little different than other people. And then um, they're run out of this village and other villages in the future that see Eric's appearance um, because the villagers are scared that the Romani people are going to steal their children. And there was a lot of racism um going on and a lot of like fake stories that people were putting out about um this group of individuals that and uh and seeing this disfigured kid just like created even more issues and they were pushed out of a lot of towns because of it and then the romani people um that this woman and her child eric belonged to were getting frustrated that they weren't able to um they weren't able to stay in a place for very long because of this child and um, so they're trying to, they're kind of almost giving that family an ultimatum, like you need to do something about this kid because they're ruining our chances to, even though we're on very thin ice with a lot of these villages, this child is making it even worse. And then the little baby Eric hearing all of this gets really sad. And then he's like, my family's better off without me because I'm causing all these problems. And then at like so 10 sad. years old, he runs away from home. Oh, was he 10 years old when this happened? He was still a little kiddo, yeah. Oh, I thought he was older. No, that's what was so weird to me. He wasn't even like 15 or anything. I'm like, no, yeah. what's a 10-year-old going to do on the road? But I mean, I guess he survived. The author conveniently skipped all of that. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) we move on to chapter three where Eric is grown up. Um, I'm assuming he's like somewhere in his 20s. In, yeah. in that range, they don't necessarily give him an age, but they just, like, chapter two happens, he runs away, and then chapter three starts, and he grows up, and um, he's just, like, traveling from kingdom to kingdom, doing, like, odd jobs, and just exploring, and he has this love of music, and so he'll play his lute for people, and uh, just do a bunch of stuff to make money and survive that way, and so he gets to this new kingdom, and he's at a, like, bar in place, And uh, he overhears these two guys talking about this beautiful princess and that this princess's father, the king, has started a contest that whoever can show him a talent that he's never seen before will earn the right to marry his daughter. And um, Eric is very intrigued by this prospect. So he goes to the court to see the different suitors and to look at the princess and see if it's like, oh, this would be a pretty sweet deal if I win this. What does this princess look like? Is she hot? (laughs) So he goes, he sees her. Of course, she's like the most beautiful thing he's ever laid eyes on. He sees the suitors and they're kind of doing like things that people have done before. And then one suitor comes up and he starts singing. And then the king is like really angry. And he um, commands that this man be put to death. But um, the princess stops him 
And she's like, no, father, don't kill him. He didn't know. And then you find out that um, the king has outlawed music in the land. And so Eric's talent in order to get this girl is playing music. And so he can't use that talent. So he's like trying to figure out a different way to enter the contest. But um, we learn this, which like throws a hitch in Eric's plan to get this princess. And then um, we move on to chapter four. And uh, Eric, determined to get this princess, he uh, decides to figure out how to win the challenge. He moves out of the inn that he was staying in. And he sneaks into the castle and starts living in the walls. (laughs) (laughs) Even in fairy tales, Eric is is a rat man. Which Rat man. Rat man. Total rat man, which is like, yeah, the most logical next step. I'm going to spy on the king, move into his palace. Like, heaven forbid I just like try and get a job doing something in the palace to get in the palace. I'm just going to sneak in and live in the walls and secret caverns and whatnot within the palace. (laughs) So this, of course, is the logical next step that any young man would do, right? Or woman. <laughs> and then um, while he's living in the secret passages in the palace and like spying on the king, he happens upon this secret room. Um, and there's his like cavern area and there's a mirror. And then he can open the mirror and go into the secret room. And so he was exploring the room and then he heard voices and then he went back into hiding behind the mirror and the princess comes into the secret room and um, she starts to sing. And we know, we know Eric is like a very particular musician. And so <laughs> she starts to sing and she hits a flat note and it just like makes his teeth itch. And he's like, oh, I shouldn't say anything. And then she continues to sing, hits another flat note. And he's like, I, I can't let this woman go on doing this. So he throws his voice and throwing your voice is like what a ventriloquist does, where they make their voice seem like it's coming from somewhere else, i.e. a puppet's mouth, which I'm not sure how you do that. But um, he, yeah. he managed it. And then it seems to be a skill that people can do. And then uh, he tells her, hey, your voice is flat. And she's like, what? Who's there? Um, And he's like, I am an angel and I have come to help you learn how to sing better. She's like, oh, um, yes, I'd love to sing better. (laughs) I mean, there's a little more to the conversation, but that's essentially how it goes if you don't want to read it yourself. And then, um, okay, strange mirror man. I know, yeah, yeah, strange man in the mirror. Please teach me how to sing. And then, um, she she accepts, and uh, he asks her, he's like, "Why are you singing in the secret room? I've never heard you sing out in the palace." And she's like, "Well, music is forbidden in our land because the queen, the king's wife, ran away with the royal musician." And then, and then the king got really mad and so he outlawed music so I guess women couldn't run away with musicians anymore because he was pretty bitter about it and, and he also keeps Christine locked in the in the ta- in the castle so that um she can't run away with the musician yes yeah he's he's very controlling of his daughter <laughs> and then um chapter five is the next chapter 
And then, uh, so Christine, the princess, and Eric um, have kind of developed a routine. Eric will, during the day, go climb into the rafters and watch the different suitors present their talents to the king and be rejected by him. And then at night, he'll go to the secret passage and help Christine with her singing. And um, as the days go on and they continue to develop this relationship, they have a really good rapport with each other. And Christine wants to see him. But he doesn't want to come out from behind the mirror because he's disfigured and he doesn't want to scare her. And he likes the way their relationship is now. And, and Christine's, like, very adamant about getting him to come out from behind the mirror. So she tries to put, like, these different moves on him to get him to come out. Yeah. And um, at first, she offers a couch to him because he's just sleeping behind the mirror. She's like, oh, it must be so uncomfortable to sleep behind that mirror. And he's like, yeah, I guess it is. And she's like, I have this lovely couch that we could both sleep on. And he's like, wait, both of us? She's like, yes, both of us. And he's like... I don't think that would be appropriate. <laughs> so he's like politely shutting her down. And then um, she has a really bad dream and comes to him at night, at night one night and starts crying. And she's like, oh my gosh, I had this horrible dream that I was married to some random guy and I never got to see you again. And she confesses her love to him. And um, he And she's like, I just need to see you to feel like you're real. And then he comes out from behind the mirror and they embrace and she tries to kiss him. But he's like, no, I don't think we should do that. Um, but he's very polite about it. And then uh, she does get her couch cuddles and uh, they like fall asleep on the couch together. What? Blindfolded this entire time. She's what? Blindfolded this entire time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, he has. To, he says, I'll come out, but you have to be blindfolded, which there's, I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to our impressions of the story, but questionable. <laughs> mm. I actually want to add something, yeah. part of the story. Yeah. Part of this conversation with her blindfolded on the couch apparently is quite a long time. This is the entire chapter, and it seems like it takes all night. It does take all um, night. They have a really good conversation about consent, which I appreciate. Yes. There's there's a nice conversation about, you know, him doing the contest and like, hey, if if this isn't cool with you, you don't have to do this. You know, she doesn't have to marry him if he wins. Yes. And mm -hmm. I thought that was very, very nice. Yeah, he's a very yeah. PC character. And that's that's part of the reason I chose the story. Because he was a male protagonist that didn't just like do the contest to get the girl. He was very collaborative with her on if this is something you really want, then I'll pursue it. But if not, then you have the ultimate say in the end on what happens. Yeah. Which you yeah. don't see in a lot of fairy tales. No, no, because everyone just assumes, oh, you know, she's going to marry him because he won and she's the princess. Yeah. And, and just because you have a good rapport tropes. with someone doesn't mean you want to marry them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and also, what was I going to say? Oh, he, he, there was something else in there that was like, that was like, and then he, he said like, 
nothing was going to stop stop him from being able to touch Christine, except for Christine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yay. (laughs) Yeah, it was so, so good. I mean, a lot of, even a lot of fanfics, especially, especially, like, published stories miss this a bunch. Oh, yeah. There are not enough published stories where they actually, where two people have a grown-up conversation. Yeah. About any of this. And it's something a lot of fanfics miss, too, because it's usually amateur authors taking from things they've seen or know. Yeah. Which, so it's it's nice to be able to get that. And I think that's happening more and more. I mean, this fic was finished this uh, this last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people are seeing now as the fics are written, you know, 2019, 2020. Yeah. There's more an emphasis on good storytelling that's also, like, adult human conversations. Yeah, and it's it's weird when people say, like, a conversation about consent is not sexy, or I don't consent know how to... Consent is always sexy. To, I know, right? Or I don't know how yeah. to weave that into a conversation. I mean, this story illustrates that having those conversations can be very romantic and fulfilling to a budding relationship, to have them, instead mm-hmm. of just, like, being tight-lipped and assuming things that and you don't know the answer to. It's a good thing to see in fic, because yeah. some people, and I know that I at least did, a lot of my romance knowledge was from fics that other people wrote online. Mm-hmm. I was 15, what do I know? <laughs> Yeah, what what do we know if it, all, all we know is what media is the media we consume if we haven't exactly. really experienced something. So now 10 years later, you know, I have more information. Mm-hmm. But also the the stuff that's being put out there is also better knowledge. Yeah. So it's it'll be good for those who come after us. Yeah. To see. So we just have to get mainstream to do it. <laughs> mainstream media to I do know, it. I know, it seems like they struggle. I, I, I can't watch television. I really can't. <laughs> it's just so much, so much cringe. So much social cringe between characters. Oh god, the misunderstanding stuff. I know! Just, uh... just have a conversation about it. Just get straight up. <laughs> hey man, I think you meant this. What did you really mean? Oh, I meant that. Oh, okay. Then that's not such a big deal. Let's just exactly. let's just take this conversation down a notch now. Absolutely, absolutely. The the that... de escalation in communication key. Yeah, and I mean none of this has anything to do with family opera because family opera is not this. Yeah, no. <laughs> family opera is the quintessential like tropey, a little rapey nonsense that was the 80s yeah yeah and early 90s this wasn't this the original canon was not an empowerment story for a woman in any way and encouraged like one-sided attractions to people and an entitlement that you might feel for just because you like somebody doesn't mean they have to like you and you can't just throw a fit because of it exactly and (laughs) I love his work, but Andrew Lloyd Webber is not known for making things that are PC. Yeah, like but I consent. Mean, yeah, but I mean this. I mean it's diff- in fanfic. You can really make those changes 
from the canon. I don't know if you're doing like a live stage adaptation. I mean, you could, you definitely could, because people will like make live stage ad- adaptations that like go in a different direction from the original book or play or whatever. But I, I mean, I understand if you wanted to keep to the original content, but fan fiction gives authors the opportunity to without having to have that argument over how close to the canon they need to stay for it to still be Phantom of the Opera, like just going Absolutely. off and doing these sorts of things, which is a it really cool part of fan fiction. Yeah, I mean, even fan fiction doesn't have to be the names of the characters. No. I mean, the whole thing could be completely different. Yeah, you could replace Christine and uh, Eric with uh, anybody. Yeah. And as long as there's something in there, even if it's, like, an Easter egg you put in, like, the third chapter, Mm. someone's going to recognize it and be like, I like this. Yeah. I want to hear more of this. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't really – fanfic sticking – especially sticking to, like, what they're basing it off of Mm -hmm. is not a criteria anymore was it ever though really it's a free-for-all y'all the point of it is like (laughs) i i didn't want bella to get with edward i wanted her with jacob like those sorts of things like making the story that you wanted to see and then we get into the au world where i was gonna say i mean we had a pirate twilight (laughs) fix so like yeah au's just completely throw all of it out the window and there's nothing wrong with that no no, not, just as long as it's done well and it makes sense. It just has to make sense. Like, I just don't want to be spinning my wheels trying to figure out how this all works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where where were Sorry. we? Got a little distracted no, with good. the consent you're talk. I, I think it's a good conversation. So um, then we move on to the last three chapters, six, seven, and eight. I'm going to keep it real short because you should read this fanfic. Um, chapter six, uh, Eric and Christine are falling in love. They confess their feelings to each other. Um, they have a really good conversation about consent and deciding, deciding that, um, Christine wants Eric to really pursue, um, winning this challenge. And then Eric's like, okay, in four days, I'm going to win this challenge. And so, um, Eric is trying to figure out how to win the challenge. He's writing a song and, um, I think on like day two or something, he's walking through the woods and there's this woman with a cart and she's having trouble pushing the cart. So Eric helps her. And then the woman's like, oh my goodness, no one stopped to help me with this cart and you helped me. And lo and behold, she's like a creature of magic, like the woman um, that his mother helped. I think it's the same woman. If I I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure the that's same. what they're yeah. going for, yeah. And um, she... she uh, just spiritually knows about Eric's quest to uh, win this contest and marry this princess. So she takes his lute and transforms it into a violin. And she tells him that you have to find your own bow for this violin and use for the strings of the bow, the thing that makes your heart sing. And I immediately knew the thing that made his heart sing was going to be Christine's hair. Like I just immediately knew that. But for whatever reason, Eric couldn't figure it out. <laughs> so he was like using different animal hairs and whatnot. And eventually the lady had to go to Christine and go, hint, hint, just give this guy your hair. 
So he makes this bow because he's just not figuring it out on his own. And she's like, um, okay. And then her, she meets up with Eric and she's like, um, this old lady told me to give you this. And he's like, oh, this is what I needed. So then he creates his wooden bow with a uh, human hair. Hashtag romantic. And um, <laughs> he goes and he performs in front of the king and the king's like, he's gonna, he's like starting to like make a stink. And then he, he listens to the violin because the violin hasn't existed at this point. Um, and uh, Eric does his violin performance. He's got all these peaks and valleys to the music and so much emotion uh, comes from it. And the king is moved and he says, you could have my daughter's hand in marriage. And then um, everyone's like, yay, the king finally picked someone to marry his daughter. And then Eric immediately, even after they already have a conversation about consent, he pulls her aside and he says, look, Christine, again, if you don't want to move forward with this, you're not obligated to do anything. And he's like, I've been hiding my appearance from you. I'm going to show you what I look like and no hard feelings for me if this is something that you're not okay with and you don't want to marry me in the end. And then um, he shows her what he looks like. She doesn't have a problem with it. They kiss and live happily ever after. And the king steps down as king and then the princess becomes the new queen ruling with Eric at her side. So yeah, that's the story. There's a lot of like little things in there too, but those are kind of the main points that carried it along. That was a lot, a lot, a lot. So what are your guys' thoughts? We talked about consent. What are your kind of other thoughts, impressions, all that jazz? I thought this was really cute. Like I, um, like Raoul was nowhere in this and everyone no. that I'm a big Raoul stan, <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't mind. I like I found myself like squealing at the end of this because it was so <laughs> gosh darn cute. It was oh, yeah. so adorable. Cute. Yes. So I I thought it was great. I thought it was a really good a really good story. Yeah, I um I loved that they touched on the consent, obviously. And they did it again, which just cements it. You can never have enough guys. Exactly. <laughs> um <laughs> But it, it was really, I think, the very last couple paragraphs. And I'm not going to spoil it. Just read it. It's lovely prose, I think, about mm -hmm. starting a new life and coming, like, bringing the old and the new together. Yeah. You know, about Eric's parents coming and... Yeah, it was... Fine. Yeah, it was it just was, lovely. It was lovely, and it was a lot of, like, little side bits of the story that kind of weaved together. And they kind of talked about people's story weaving into a tapestry of yeah the future. And it, it was really well done. I think they did a really good job. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I kind of like these um, challenge fix where they, like, take something from whatever fandom that they, they want to make the fan fiction about. Because it always comes out very interesting and like, um, like you wouldn't expect where the direction of the story is going. And I, I also think good mature themes is always great. And I actually got, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Penny Dreadful, but there is the monster, like, you know, Frankenstein's monster yeah. in it. And he falls in love with this girl in the play. And he's like the guy who 
you know, does the lights and moves the curtains and he kind of pines for her, but he doesn't want to show anyone his face. And I'm like, ah, that's Eric. <laughs> um, I'm actually pretty sure that's where they got that from. You think? <laughs> I, I'm sure that's a reference to Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera, I mean. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I, that makes sense. <laughs> well, I mean, but there's, there's like tons of points in life where someone working behind the scenes is pining after someone Oh, so like either on stage or like frequents a place. Absolutely, I'm more talking about the not seeing the, the, the face and the creature. Yeah, aspect yeah, of it. yeah, that, that, yeah, the creature. So please, yeah. Know. But yeah, it was nice to have. You know, I I liked also that the mirror bits, the bits where they're talking and she doesn't see him. Look, that's creepy, okay? But this <laughs> yes. this was written in such a way where I was like, oh, it's kind of cute. And obviously she's not freaked out, so... That was that was the one thing about the story. Like, I thought it was so cute and romantic, even though it still had those questionable, like, oh, this is kind of sketchy. But yeah. I was oddly okay with it. And what does that say about me and my tolerance <laughs> for, like, a romantic situation? Because well, and, she... and also, again, Christine was having enthusiastic consent. I she think was if, if so point, enthusiastic. She if wanted at any him. Point. She had um, the story had expressed her being scared, like the play does, like the book does. Uh huh. You know that would have changed things a, a lot. Story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she she was very into it. Like even more than him, <laughs> she was just like ready to get together with this guy. And he's like, uh, uh, Christine, I I think we should have some conversations. Uh, before we move any further with this, which is great, which is absolutely great. Absolutely. Yeah. I just love the little moves that she kept trying to pull on him to like get him to come it out. Was, it was very good. It was like, <laughs> hey, hey. I have a couch. Yeah. It can fit two people. It's <laughs> the thing that, that made him come out eventually was like, I just don't think that you're real and I feel like I'm losing my mind. And then he was like, okay, fine. And she's like, yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah, she was no she was sense of danger. Character. No, but I mean, she's a princess who's like had everything handed to her. And it sounds yeah. like this is not a kingdom that experiences wars or anything. Yeah, like that. I mean, yeah. it's definitely a fairy tale. So she's story lived where... a charmed life. Yeah. <laughs> have anything to be worried about especially not random men who could just come into the house through the walls yeah into the castle Dis through the wall <laughs> disney princess for sure total disney princess yeah so um so since we're kind of like talking about christine do you guys want to move into characters or are there any more just kind of like general thoughts that you had uh we can move into characters okay yeah. i um i actually liked christine as a character as as a female romance interest mm -hmm. i felt like she she was like really enthusiastic but she really knew what she wanted and what she needed to do to get it including <laughs> baiting eric to make it happen she was always kind of shameless which yeah you don't necessarily see princesses being shameless um they're kind of more uppity and whatnot but i appreciate that she's like i really like this guy i'm gonna do what i need to do to get him yeah and, and uh, it, very much not the characterization of christine that we usually no, get anyway no yeah. not at all 
So I I did like that, and I like that she had had a per, had somewhat of a personality um, <laughs> compared to OG Christine. <laughs> Absolutely, I mean OG Christine for sure was she was written. I won't say well, but she was, <laughs> she written. was written. She existed, <laughs> um, but she was a, a not very strong female character surrounded by two very strongly written male characters. Yeah. In that both of them were extremely pushy. Yeah, I when I when I first uh watched Fam of the Opera the movie, um I was like my first thought was this is the opposite of a strong female character. Like yes. and the musical is a little bit better, but is she's still not a strong female lead. She's very much a damsel in distress yeah. who does take control of her situation in some cases but in this thick she's much like i mean she still is kind of a, a victim of her circumstance but mm-hmm. she does take control of her life in ways that she can't that yeah, she can't she control knows, yeah like, she knows what she wants and she's going for it instead of being like, oh, somebody just saved me. Yeah, yeah, and she's going against her dad and finding a secret place to sing on her own is her own rebellion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And all of that. Yeah. Yeah. What did you guys think of Eric? I liked this Eric much more than any other interpretation of Eric I've ever read. <laughs> I, this, this Eric is an amazing character. I love his backstory. I love the fantasy behind his backstory. I love how it built his character and his sensitivity to others mm-hmm. growing up. I, f- I feel like if he didn't go through what he went through, he may have not been as um, as open and as respectful to Christine if he might have been, if he was just like a regular looking guy growing mm-hmm. up in that Yeah. Time. So I think going through that hardship unfortunately made him a better more aware person but i i think he's a great character because of it yeah 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 the fix like this and they are getting more common but the rare fic that has this kind of characterization for eric is the only reason i like his character yeah i think this like, is like really the only scenario that he <laughs> is relatable yeah look look <laughs> og eric is bad all right yeah <laughs> I get it. he's a bad dude <laughs> major problematic wouldn't go near him in real life with a 30 foot pole however this was cute yeah yeah i like this one i get to keep this one yeah and i find that in pretty much all of the stories we've read so far they really changed the characters for the better yeah Um, and they're all just kind of they're kind and there's no kidnapping happening and (laughs) (laughs) and they're all respectable which is which is good yeah yeah did did we wait did we manage to find fix all of us with with no murder poppy has had some murder some death i had a a random coup remember yeah all right i mean remember the the story that took like (laughs) 
a total 180 from yeah, quarters of the right. way through. I forgot about that. I'm sorry. I forgot about your, your coup. I'm sorry. I, meant, I, I forgot meant... about your coup. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it felt like the author forgot too. Remember, so, you know. like, yeah. everyone was getting shot? <laughs> Just out of like, nowhere. What is happening? They have guns? <laughs> what are they using them for? <laughs> I was actually talking more uh, Eric created murder. No. Oh. Yeah, no, Eric has not just straight up killed anybody yeah because in in poppy's story he was non-existent i thought in poppy's story he was like the lord of the descent the um people who were nah he just wasn't there (laughs) but it sounds like he just wasn't even there and then in t stan's story he was just like the older guy that those two had a crush on and he was very polite in that antique shop owner there's not a whole lot of murder in that unless you're (laughs) reading an agatha christie novel I yeah, guess the Christie probably. novel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then and then in mine he was he was a cinnamon roll. No murder. Did I did I use that term right? Yes. <laughs> yes you did. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a gold star on his homework. Ten out of ten, Yay! no murders. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna take it with me everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what did you guys think of the writing? I thought it was good. It was a pretty dang well-written bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked the writing. I think it was, you know, decent. I don't I didn't really like how it started off, like, in the mother's point of view for, like, two chapters. Well, it wasn't two chapters. It was mainly the first chapter and then a little bit of the second chapter. But And then it, like, skipped ten years or however long it was. Um but other than that, it it was decent. Nothing special. Uh, yeah, I think I think it would have been nice to hear a little bit more about um, Eric. You know, trying to live a life. Yeah. As a what ten year old in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just being independent. Like, what were you doing? But yeah. also, like, keep in mind for fairy tales, child wandering off for grand adventure is not that unusual. <laughs> No, that's true, but we didn't get to see any of that grand adventure. Yeah, that's yeah. The only thing. Um, yeah, I was looking, I was looking for a beta reader, and I didn't see one listed, which no. is amazing because I thought the writing was really good. It sounded mm-hmm. like they submitted it for a contest, so maybe they had someone read it, but it wasn't like an official beta reader. Because usually yeah. for contests, yeah. don't people usually get a second opinion? Just to see if it's worth submitting. I mean, it depends. I, I mean, yeah, I guess it always depends. <laughs> I would. Yeah, it just it just depends on on who you talk to and and who um who you have to read. But no, I thought it was well done, um, and I liked the formatting. I feel like the formatting really helped mm-hmm. be able to tell what was going on and who was talking. I feel like that's that's a problem in a lot of fix is not being able to tell who's talking. And yes. so people overcompensate by adding he should he said she said after everything, which yeah. then yeah. clogs it up. And you get all this I've, repetition. Yeah, but I feel like this was well done. Um, in like there instead of he said it's, you know, a descriptor of what he's doing while he's saying it, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, I did find it a little weird that when he talked to Christine, it sounded like he was like this older man. Like he kept calling her like my dear and like just referring to her like she was a lot younger. But like 
everyone else referred to him as like a boy, like like he was young. He talked very mature. I don't know if that was a critique or just like. I well, think that's just how character. Eric is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he kind of spoke like that um, in T Stan's pick, and that was even yeah. just like a modern yeah. day. Fic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was only twenty nine in that. Yeah. yeah. But it's a lot of a lot of fic writers will write Eric as like, oh, he's twenty five, but he talks like he's fifty, and there's no in between. Yeah, my my dear is not that old fashioned. I yeah, say that people, people still call yeah. their, their significant others dear, you know. Yeah. So, so like, yeah. I didn't find that that odd. Um, yeah, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that's a character choice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I can understand where you'd look at that Ali and be like, "Why?" <laughs> yeah, because when I was first starting to read it, I thought he was a lot older until like one of the other characters called him like, "Come here, my boy," or like just referred to him as a like, younger. Yeah. Um, so I thought he was a lot older in the beginning. Yeah, Sorry. And it's I, also. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Tisa. I was gonna say it's also easier for us. I think as as people get older. I'm trying to be very general, but it's definitely something I've noticed with myself. I tend to assume people, especially in fics I read or characters, are either my age or older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're more mature or age isn't mentioned. I'm like, okay, this person yeah. is 25. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a default. So I can see where that might come in, too. Because I don't know, I missed it, but I thought Christine was way younger, too, so... No, they specifically said she was 20, and I was like, phew! Yeah, I, was, I, thought, I thought it was like the, the fairy tale trope of turning 18, so I just, I missed it. Yeah. Yeah, nope, luckily, yeah, nope, it's... Thank goodness. I, I feel like it would have even been a cooler story if maybe she was, Bizarre. like, a 26-year-old princess that her dad just, like, hid away. Yeah. So she's, like, that would past cool. marrying age, supposedly. Oh right, so I do like remember. A yeah, or anything to well, her. I think a character. Married. I just remembered. Yeah, I think a character called her an old maid, and she's yeah. twenty. Yeah, but if she was like even older, like a true old maid, so oh, like God, she yeah. was, she was seen as undesirable, and he's supposedly undesirable because he's disfigured, and then like these two quote unquote undesirable individuals falling in love. I think that would have been cute. The too. classic old timey trope of. Oh, you're 21? Nope, you're old now. <laughs> how dare you try and find a husband with your old yes, self? Yes, how dare? You hag. The <laughs> crow's feet are intense on those eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we kind of talked about this already, but how well did they stick to the fandom? They didn't. No. No. Eric wore a mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he had a mask and he <laughs> taught Christine how to sing. Like, yeah, but he—it sounds like he was nicer about it in this than he was in Phantom of the Opera. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I also think, yeah, definitely. But I also think that something I I had thought about on this is Phantom of the Opera. He's been teaching her since he's a since uh, Christine was a child. Did he? Oh so, yeah. I didn't well, pick it, up on that. I, th- yeah. I think it was after her father died. And Which I, she would I think she was 14. 14, 13, something like that. Yeah, so it was after that that 
he so said, it had it had been a few in in a in the phantom of the opera play he'd been training her for a few years at least yeah so i can also un understand expectations being higher mm. but yes i did appreciate the kind training and everything like that you're flat yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that he's like he threw his voice. Like You're flat. Why did he need this why did he need to throw his voice? I don't know. If he was already hiding. And and she already and then she figured out he was behind the mirror mirror like, immediately. Instantly. Well I feel like if you're behind a mirror already, why how, throw your how, voice? How can you throw your voice? Because you have this thing that's yeah, distorting you're in a confined space. your vocal <laughs> Yeah, very Your true. Sound anyway, <laughs> yeah. why was there a space behind the mirror? Is it was this supposed to be like a closet? Everyone be peeking in the castle, I guess. <laughs> Not explained. Not explained. There's however, still yeah. I I did have a theory on this. I did I did want to mention this, and I forgot when we got to that point in the story. Tell us. I had a theory because she says, "Oh, it's a secret part of the castle. No one goes to." What if that was her mom's room, and the mirror <gasps> oh. was how she met the the musician secretly? <gasps> oh, that is yeah. a good theory. So she like had it built, or they they figured out the sec there was a like a secret escape route that used to be an office or something. Oh my gosh! Well, because they... you you have a headcanon for uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, because the the uh, if he was able to sneak into the castle through those passages, that's probably how the queen and the musician snuck out. So yeah, like yeah, that's what circle. I was thinking. Oh. Was like that that was the queen's room that the king locked up and assumed that no one would ever go in there. And then his daughter's doing the same thing. Her, exactly, her mom did. <laughs> But it comes full circle. I like that theory. Should we read some of them comments? Read those comments. Read them. There's comments. 81 of them. Okay, we'll start at one. No, I'm I'm going down to chapter eight and seeing what people are saying. Yeah. So Mason said, "What a beautiful ending! I especially love how the new thing the king had seen wasn't the violin or the incredible song. It was the error of his ways. That is so brilliant." I'm glad Christine became queen instead of Eric becoming a king. It makes more sense somehow, though it probably was different in most kingdoms. I love this story so much. Thank you for writing it. Well, that is like how British pop, like royalty works. Is that's why the queen, Queen Elizabeth's husband, is not King Philip. He's Prince Philip because yeah, she's a woman and yeah. misogynist. But um, so that is actually how that royalty works <laughs> depend oh probably just depending on the kingdom maybe i'm gonna i'm gonna slight detour here do it their amazon's uh, profile picture is from the 78 oh 87 sorry the 1987 uh family opera movie i i oh thought God. that i thought that was the where family he, opera where he was green <laughs> Yeah, there's like this green, like ghoulish looking guy, and he's got is he grabbing onto her dress? Yes, he's sniffing her dress. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Or like swooning, I can't tell. He it looks oh, like a it's little very tiny. A, a little ghoulish green guy holding onto her dress and she's just like looking horrified <laughs> over <laughs> over her shoulder. Like, what's happening? Yeah. 
But yeah, I thought that was interesting. Every once in a while you get a profile <laughs> picture that you're like, hey, mm-hmm. on topic. Yeah. Let's see. Um, Kissed by Summer said, I know this is my second comment on your work, but I just want you to know that I love your fic. You have a great grasp on tropes and fairy tales, and the romance here was chef's kiss. Perfect. <laughs> I love that Eric and Christine got to connect here before he competed and risked everything for his love, especially after closing himself off when he left the, they yeah. said gypsy camp, Romani camp. I love mm-hmm. that Christine was important and not just a damsel in distress here. I especially love that, at least in this work, Eric has the love of his parents. TLDR, oh. this is one of the best wholesome Eric Christine fics out there, and I'm going to keep rereading this through this t- trying time thank you for putting this online and so this is like during pandemic so yeah. this person's reading it during the pandemic yeah i mean just a lot of like really positive lovely things did you guys yeah. see anything else worth um calling out pillow nindo uh said <laughs> <laughs> i i came across another fic of yours and wow this is exquisite the tenderness and love from eric here is just and then like uh like eyes watering emoji and heart a heart emoji i love it christine's compassion also shines through so much they're made for one another indeed i feel for eric's parents though that was extremely sad but it's quite necessary still though i don't know how they recovered from that loss sad face beautiful pick once again all right well so i think it's just about time guys that we give this story a rating were we using masks Masks. yes yeah. How many masks would you give this story, guys? I know what I'd give it. Who wants to go first? Yeah, who wants to go first? Do you want me to set the bar? Sure. Set the bar. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to give this story four masks. <gasps> wow. I was, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Eric as a character. He's very complex. He's very fun. Uh, he can play the violin. And I love a guy who can play an instrument and uh <laughs> christine was cool and i actually liked christine in this and i th- i think the story was great the writing was my eyebrows didn't twitch or like my eye didn't twitch trying to read it <laughs> like somebody's story that i won't mention <laughs> um yeah it was just really good i give it a four i i would read this on my own time not just for the podcast. Right on. Okay, yeah. I will go. I'm going to be a little wild. It's a five. Whoa! Yeah. Oh, is this our first five? I think, I think it's my first. Oh, snap. I'm genuinely, like, it was well-written. It was, it was wrapped up really nicely. The characterization was good. Adult conversations about consent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... This is the kind of fic that I wish I had when I was really into family opera at 15. This is mm-hmm. the kind of thing that probably would have made my life a little easier. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the reason this gets a five is because it is going into my forever fic bucket, basically. Oh, snap. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> did you give it a kudos on AO3? Of course I did. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll have to check And <laughs> I gave two because I wasn't logged in for the first one. Oh, nice um, um but yeah for for sure five because it's it's gonna stick around for a while right on i give this a uh 
I give it a 4.5. Ooh. Um, wow. The only reason it's not a total 5 is because I think that it ended pretty quickly. Like, the wrap-up was pretty fast. Um, and I True. think it, it could have been a little bit longer in, mm-hmm. in the wrap-up, but I still liked it a lot overall. Very true, yeah. I thought I was, like, going crazy giving it a four. (laughs) 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 Okay, go, Ollie. I I would also give it four masks. I really like the characters. I really like the mature theme of, you know, consent, talking about that, having a discussion. Um, And I thought it was just, it was very refreshing, and it was sweet. And I felt like this is kind of, like, like an E for everyone, like anyone of all ages could read this and and like it. Um, I did find it a little, it not boring, but some parts just kind of made you just want to skim a little bit to the to the good part. Like where where is this going? <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like it could also be a little longer as well if it maybe dipped more into his past of where he was for those 10 years before he got to that know, I'm so um, curious. kingdom. Right an offshoot, Merton. Yeah, you could do- totally have like a, a a prelude to to this story, but, but yeah, I think a 4 is a, a good rating for me. I think a 4 is a great yeah. rating for any fic that we've read. <laughs> yeah. I went a little ham, I know. <laughs> but this is like your fandom. Like you yeah. were into this yeah. way in high school. Yeah, this this is an oldie. I mean, I I like this stuff before I met you guys. So yeah, it's been a while. Uh huh. Well, very and cool. like fairy tale, just mm, chef's kiss, beautiful. <laughs> Mwah. Mwah. Thank you for listening to the Fan Fiction Book Club. Our pick this week was the creation of the violin by Mertens. You can find this story and more of the author's work on Archive of Our Own. Theme song is Funko-Rama by Kevin McLeod. You can find more of Kevin's music on incompetech.filmmusic.io slash artist slash Kevin dash McLeod. The works discussed on the Fan Fiction Book Club are not our own. All characters mentioned belong to their original authors. Until next week, see ya!